as going from talking about guys that were could possibly make it to XFL because you know some quarterbacks in the upcoming draft could possibly make it their way there. XFL's fun. I enjoy it personally. Rocco, I know you enjoy it. We have Jay Binkley in here with us as and well now. Nobody enjoys it more, I think, in the, on the planet than Jay Binkley. I mean, it's true. Literally anything can, with the you, football, you nobody enjoys it more that. than Binkley. I enjoy it, not going to lie. Anything to do with the football, Binkley loves. But from the week four action, good product. can we all agree that the D.C. defenders are home babies? Because if they, if they only put up, I think it was six points against L.A., and then you put up nothing against the worst team. Well, I wouldn't say it's the worst team now. That gets the Vipers twenty-five to nothing. We thought they were the worst team. Like this is a this is a a bad football team away from home. I mean, I I, I can't understand it to be honest with you. Just like when they opened up um, in this X, in the XFL, and I was thinking, man, this is a good football team. Mm-hmm. This is a very good football team. When you see what they did in Week One, went winning thirty-one to nineteen over Seattle. But then what really stood out is the following week. When they serve a shutout. Oh, yeah. Then all of a sudden they go on the road, and it's like, what happened to this team? Then getting waxed by Tampa that hadn't had a win? I had no idea that was coming. Oh, inconsistencies, man. Opens things up. And with that Tampa Bay team that completely waxed, I'm going to say say they they waxed the Guardians because they did. They easily ran right over them because both the running backs had over 100 yards, which is impressive to say the least. I don't, I don't think the last time I've seen an NFL team do back-to-back, well, two te- two players go for the 100 yards. The fact that XFL can because you can clearly see the exposed defense on the defenders. Yeah. And what the former first-round draft pick, Matt Elm, was released today from from there. So it's like it just doesn't make sense. Well, you, you have to look at it. I mean, you just look at the, in the inconsistencies. They have a chance. I mean, let's think about this. Are they still going to make the postseason? At two and two, is the New York Guardians going to stand up and play as well? New York Guardians are about as inconsistent as well. Oh, I agree. They look great and they look really bad. Oh no, the Guardians. Like, which team are you going to get? They looked great for the first half of Week One. That's all we've seen. And Luis Perez, it's a good thing that Matt McGloin is quote unquote hurts. I'm going to put quotation marks <laughs> on that. Matt McGloin's a terrible quarterback. He's going to yeah. find his way out of the Guardians system at some point. But L.A. was riding riding high. That's true. Going into New York and then getting – get, well, of course, L.A. But took that big win over, what, D.C. defenders? But you got to think – Like, oh, we got to look at the Wildcats. And then they played the uh, Renegades close the week before. You got to think, though, a former Birmingham Iron quarterback who only lost one game with him. You, you knew if he started, he was going to win, though. That's my team, man. That's my <laughs> jam. I really kept – see, going back to the last week, though, the Guardians losing to the Wildcats – or the Guardians being the Wildcats, I mean, but just barely – I thought the Wildcats were going to get blown out. I, I know that the, the Wildcats just came off of drubbing the defenders, but I just I was so surprised. Well, I, that's when you get things rolling. And then the fact that the Wildcats go on and lose the next week. I mean, I thought the Wildcats might have found that rhythm. That's Actually, they were a pretty good football team, and then I thought that maybe they find the rhythm by getting that win and they just kind of collapse on themselves. But it's anybody's ballgame for the number two seed. See, I love Sean Oakman, and I hope he does well for the Wildcats because (laughs) I I feel like he could be a person that, I mean, he he missed out on a lot. He should have been number one overall draft pick in the NFL. Stop. Yeah, that that was far. No, he's he's a good, he was a good, good defensive end, defensive tackle, whatever you wanted to put him at in college. He was amazing for Baylor. He was, but not first round. He'd win our bench press contest, wouldn't he? I, I think he. I think he would beat you, Bing. I, think he would. I, I really do. I think he'd win. <laughs> um, uh, there are other other things that happen around uh, Renegades. I believe should have beat the Roughnecks last week. And you're the only one who thinks that, my guy. I I really think the Renegades should have. I mean, they had five turnovers, and four of them came from Landry Jones. I mean, that's what. But that, to me, that's why. Then once he leaves the game, I know that it felt like he was going to lead a comeback there. 
But after the game that Landry had had, I feel like he might have just, you know, well, taken three turnovers, three interceptions in the first half. Here's the thing. That team rides or dies with Landry Jones. I'll be honest with you. Landry had him in position to go down and win that football game until that yeah. quarterback sneak. And what do they always say? <laughs> I remember debating this with Pat Mahomes when he dislocated that D in Denver. Because I was like, because I, I was serious. I was like, and usually I'm for just running whatever plays you want. And, I, you know, he's a tough guy. But then that happens. And then they backed away from doing it. It's a very high percentage play, by the way. Usually right. these things do work out. Then Landry's hurt on the same play, and I'm like, no! And it's the same knee, which sucks the worst part. But, but he's it's, it's like high school teams. I mean, he's everything to that team. That quarterback, when you lose that quarterback, they get another shot at Houston later on this season. But I thought defensively the Renegades uh, played well. I mean, they, they looked as good of, uh, defensively as any team had against the Roughnecks. And, but, I mean, the Roughnecks being know, like my the, team, maybe I'm biased. I feel like the Roughnecks were giving it to them. They were just pretty much, okay, we can't convert. I, you, They're easily a big play team. That's all the Roughnecks are. I mean, a big, throw it to Cam, uh, Cam Phillips. I think throw that it to him. it's interesting you say that, too, because nobody in the league goes for it on three uh, for the three-point conversion as much as the Roughnecks do. They've already gone for it four times this year. They've gone for the one-point conversion one or three times this season. Two point conversion nine times. You should they're, go for it. It spread. It opens the field up a little. I bit agree. More. I don't. I don't. If I'm a team, I'm not going for the one point conversion under mi- literally almost any circumstance. Minimum two point every time. Every okay. time. You have. I, I would do the three point quite a bit, especially if you're coming here. back to the game. But two point conversion. That's it, it. Opens the field a little bit more for you. And it takes away that running game a little bit for you if you just want to punch it in with the run. But it opens it up if you have a viable quarterback. It opens things up or kind a little of like bit with more. The, with it being open up, kind of with the St. Louis Battlehawks game where Tiamo threw it in front of him. That's one forward pass. Well, it gives you the Pierce fade Adele, option. He it's just, a, yeah, it throws it over the end zone because you can well, easily do that two passes. It, it easily fine. works that way. At the 10-yard line with the four- to five-step drop, you still have the fade as an element. If the fade could come Oh, yeah. In. Yeah, absolutely. And or a the back like shoulder the, fade. And a few of these teams, like the Roughnecks and the Battlehawks, are geared to be able to execute that properly. Yeah. I don't think that the Battlehawks have gone for a three-point conversion this no, year. No, they, they, they haven't. Two. They've gone for eight two-point conversions. but They no. were completely terrible for the first three weeks of the, of, the, of the season trying to go for one point. Conversions. Boy, weren't they misread before the season started. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. they were. I mean, I nine and a half point underdogs to a Dallas team that didn't have Landry Jones. I mean, that's <laughs> that's taking well, that's, candy from a baby because we know how good the Renegades are without Landry Jones, and it's not a good team. I guess Philip Nelson is not the answer. No. Oh. <laughs> no. Get and Johnny Football out of retirement. Let's go. You, you would, Man, you, you would think, Tebow, where's he at? I, I don't Open think, the checkbook. He's with the Open Mets. Open the checkbook he's, he's a little gonna be, bit. He's going to be a starting day roster for the Mets. That's, oh. that's, that's a hot take right there. But St. Louis is arguably the best team. I think they're the best team in the league. The, I know they. I don't lost, think there's they, a question. They are. They lost I, no, the Roughnecks. I, I have a question with that. It's 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 the Roughnecks. That's my number no. one team. No, you that's, can, that's the number one team in this in this league right now. You can easily beat the Roughnecks if you just guard. Cam Phillips, and that's exactly what the Renegades did. Why doesn't did. anybody? Well, no, okay, no, the Renegades but, shut him down. But the they Renegades, only had one, one reception, right? And the Renegades still lost, and they still got, uh, they still got. What was it? Twenty-seven points or twenty points hung on him, or twenty-seven, yeah, 27 points hung on touchdowns. Him. Yeah, that's a seven times ridiculous. He's crazy. I don't see Tiamu throwing five interceptions in a game though. No, Tiamu's a stud, man. He moved up a lot on this MVP ranking list, I think. I like those wide receivers, though. I like some Marcus Lucas and the Damian Washington, the Missouri stud. connection. Demorne Pearson, L, a man that's freaking that's he's amazing. He's a, a great slot receiver. I, I I've seen some practice squad footage of him because he was on the Raiders squad last year. So I mean, <laughs> at least I know I know my guys. Plus, he, I'm pretty sure he's in the AAF as well. I think he was a uh, hot shot. 
I want to think. I don't know. He might have been also at an express. I don't know. But St. Louis is the best team. Who's your team? My team was a Birmingham Iron. Mine was Birmingham. I didn't get into it. Oh, man. I, I did not try that, That's, a, that's the, the league that ripped my heart out real quick. I, I saw and that I, coming. And I don't see the XFL doing that all anytime soon. Is that some sticking power? I, well, people are watching it. Before the, well, they are, uh, it's gone down a little bit, but it's it, they outdrew the combine, believe it or not. Um, the one thing about the XFL is they had the money and financial backing to at least make it two years. And I think the AAF was good for the XFL. They wouldn't be good if both of them were existing. Right. I think the XFL is a better run organization. I mean, when you have Oliver Luck running it and you had Dean Landino doing the, you know, a lot of the rules, it's got some viability. But not only that, but the financial backing to make it for two years. Not only that, but let the, the AAF rush into things. Yes, they, yeah, they, they did. They rushed into things. The XFL sat back, feet up, cigar, watching the implosion. And it's like, I didn't even notice when the AAF started. I was like, I also went through the channels like, what is this football? Like, I didn't understand it at all. Like, I completely forgot that they had a new league coming. And I was like, oh, crap, it's on TV right now. I didn't know anything on social media. The, the best thing about the XFL right now is the social media is because they are lit. They're all lit. It's amazing. And it's something that is going to be more valuable for people to watch. And I know people are talking about the numbers that they've declined, but the bottom line is they're going to, when the XFL keeps shifting games over to television or cable, and I mean like FS1, mm-hmm. ESPN2, those things, when it's on Fox and when it's on ABC, you're going to get the big numbers. Oh, yeah. Now, when you're moving the games over to some on cable, that's why you see a lot of the ratings down, and people are putting emphasis in that, but you have to remember something. When these games are over the air, it's so much different because everybody's got it, especially in the cord-cutting yeah. age. Everybody still gets local television or whatever, but when you start moving, how many games are on cable this week? I think ESPN2 has a one, yeah, there's and Fox be, Sports 1 has one. Yeah, it's going to be two games on Saturday. We have ABC and Fox uh, for the Dragons, Roughnecks, and, and the huge. Guardians, Renegades. Yeah, the Saturday is going to draw again, just like it did last week. And this, and then on Sunday, FS1 and ESPN, not well, ESPN two this time. It's kind of a prime time game. In the last game at like yeah. seven o'clock at night. Yeah, so eight, it's o'clock, kind of eight o'clock. Or eight o'clock. Yeah, it was, is it seven central though? Isn't it? Um, nine Eastern? o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock. Okay, eight o'clock yeah. central okay. on ESPN too. And that's not regular ESPN. I mean, I can see for the Sunday games being watched more because let's just go to the ratings. Uh, for week one, twelve point five million people viewed it. Week four, five point five million viewed it. So, yes, there's a huge drop. It's like almost a seven point. Actually, a seven million drop off. But, right but that was there. to be expected. Yeah, yeah it no, really was. exactly. But the past two weeks, the Battle Hawks were at home, and people went to the games. A lot of people went to the games. They're on the road this week. That you're, they're in actually DC, so it's pretty much a hot topic, uh, hot ticket game. If you it, want to say. It, it, when they are so at home, people are going to watch that game. Well, I know it, I'm going to. In St. Louis, trying to prove themselves. Like St. Louis has a little chip on their shoulder because the only market in the XFL without yeah, an NFL team. Suck it. No, but seriously though, they they have a little agenda. Yeah. Let's prove that we're a football town as well. Like that's where St. Louis comes out on everything. They, you know, the, this whole push to prove they they belong in the NFL. Well, and you know what? Um, they just announced that that there's so much support by the fans in St. Louis. They're actually opening up the upper deck, which is so smart. It is. I mean, and it makes sense why it was closed before, so that way it doesn't you don't see these sparse fans and it looks empty. But now they're opening it up. That's cool. I'm curious how much this is going to fill out after a few weeks on the road. All I know is I'm going to a Battle Hawks game on the 21st. They're taking on the LA Wildcats. I'm going to that game. What time is it? That is a 5, well, 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. You kind of got a hookup there for tickets, don't you? I, am, I, have, a, I have a hookup there for tickets because it may be the upper deck tickets. I don't know. It depends on what we actually get for watching-wise, but 
Everybody was talking about Landry Jones was the face of the XFL, but when the season was about ready to start. Well, clearly he's hurt. And well, they were saying maybe the year, but it looks like two weeks now. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of what two to four be. weeks. Yeah. He was hurt through training camp too. He couldn't build that sync up with with the players. But he came back. You know, the, the next week it was different. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was on an NFL roster as a backup quarterback. So, which primarily all are. I'm curious to go right. with you guys, and I missed that conversation. Who you see in the NFL and who you don't? As of right now, who do I see going into the NFL? There will be players. Oh, there will be. There will be. And would the, the AF have nine that, make a roster, the 53-man yes. roster, something like that? I think the XFL will be ever bit that. And I think the person who the face of the XFL right now is that could possibly make that roster jump and, I mean, a backup quarterback is P.J. Walker. And I'm this, hoping he doesn't as a yeah, rough next fan. But. That, that's the bad part for about this league because this is a, a quote-unquote development league, but they really haven't really said that yet because you know for a fact Vince is going to be like, no, I want to keep these guys here as much as possible because this is my product. I do not want people jumping ship to go to a more superior and better product because I can have you play here, but if you go to the NFL, you might get that paycheck, but you're not going to get that playing time. And it's absolutely something that the XFL needs to try to take precautions for early. They can't let their players get poached if they're going to keep this product. Because I promise you, part of the reason why people stopped watching from week one to week two and and moving forward was because of the fact that the product is not the NFL and people have that conditioned. If you continue to let it drop by getting these players poached to be backups in the NFL, that's going to be a problem for the XFL. They're going to have to figure something out to make sure. Yes that and happen. no. I, I think it'll also clear the roadmap for a lot of guys because you got to publicize it. You know, don't don't be afraid to publicize when guys make an NFL roster. That's true. Because then guys may take the chance. They're like, hey man, you know, the XFL was 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 a launching point for these guys in their career. And who knows, you may get guys back. Guys get cut on NFL rosters the next season think, you know what, this is my ticket to get back into the NFL. And right now you don't have a developmental league with the NFL. Uh, They just haven't gone in on the AAF. People thought they had an affiliation with the AAF in the beginning because they showed some of the games on NFL Network. That's why Duden pulled out. And they talked about it. The XFL and the AAF, no, the the NFL's watching it. Um, But again, as I've always said, I think the NFL – won't uh, do it because their primary uh, farm system is big-time college football or and it's players that shine at different levels. That's why 255 guys drafted this year in the NFL. It's a very small pool that you get your talent from, and they don't have to pay uh, insurance. Well, all I know is from the talent of watching AAF games to XFL games, there's a lot more talent in the XFL. It feels like it, at least. And I wonder about the defensive side, because some of those defensive players in the XFL definitely look outmatched by some of the offensive players. I know that's to be expected, and it, you know, but still, the, the offensive players look really impressive in the XFL to me. There's still some issues on defense. So. And there's there, Yes, there is some issues on defense, but there's also a little bit of issues with the wide receivers not catching footballs. No, that's that's, not that's, a lie. that's the bad part. And it's at least cleaned up a little bit since week one and two. But the, you're, you're starting to see these playmakers. You are starting to see the quarterbacks, okay, I want to throw it to uh, Tompkins. Uh, Cardell's going to throw it to Tompkins uh, for a DC. Or, of course, Cam Phillips, an easy target. Or even put, uh, is it uh, Nick Holly, Nick Holiday, or the other roughnecks so wide receiver? Nick so you are starting to see these valuable options for these quarterbacks right now, but there's also one person on defense that I wish that, that was in the AAF that needs to be in the XFL's Carter Schultz, the, the Stallions defensive end. Love that guy. He, I think he led the league in sacks over there. Well, the Chiefs had that, so many from their need, practice squad that uh, ended up in this league. Which is good. Mm-hmm. Which is Yeah, uh, two of them were in, are in St. Louis right now. And Kim Phillips, by the way, had his chance. It was, I think it was originally with Buffalo. 
I think people will be looking because of the amount of touchdowns. He played at Matha in high school, which is a big-time program. He was with the Bills in 18. So he hadn't had very much of an opportunity. He went undrafted back in 2018. But he catches the football, and he's been doing it in traffic, and he's been getting touchdowns. That will get him an invite to an NFL camp. It absolutely should. And, you know, another thing to do with the drops, I think, is the increased – you know, fear of getting blown up over the middle that these wide receivers have in the XFL compared to the NFL or college football. And I think there were some increased footsteps, you know, maybe from week one to week two, and then they started settling back into that well, as well. Well, was oh, on clearly. the practice squad, but he was actually activated to the active roster and was then he? quickly released. But... So you, ha- you had a, a small a small window there, but does you that prove you think, yourself, you gotta, you man? You. That's the thing. There. You have to prove yourself. Does that help prove you? Does that help you or hurt you if you started in the NFL and had a short window, but you were at least on a roster and then go to the XFL? Do you think that helps uh, or I, I hurts you? It, I think it helps you because the number one thing that NFL teams want to know and why they ask so many uh, prospects at the combine: Do you love football? That's actually become a big question in the foot in 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 football because of Borland in San Francisco. You know, right. he retires after one year. And the question, how much do you love football? And he really didn't give much indication. He didn't. But that's what guys are hammered on. You hear with Mahomes all the time. more of concussions, He loves though. football. He lo- but he didn't have any. True. Yeah, he didn't, he true. didn't want to end up that way. And, I mean, I feel him, but he wasn't somebody who just loves football. I mean, and that's fair. That's fair. And then you have guys like Pat Mahomes. And so there's the, the whole other side of the coin there. But you, you hear that term, loves football, a lot more than you used to. Because you either get a paycheck in the NFL or you want to play football. That's that's pretty much what it is. It's a job. You play in the XFL means you love the game. Exactly. Oh, yeah, you love it. That's why it's for the love of the game. For the love of the <laughs> game. For the love of the game right It's great there. branding, man. It really it is. is. Um, uh, let's just do a little pick em thing. Why not? There's four let's games. All right, Seattle, Houston. I'm very good at this, by the way. Is that do you right? remember these Rockos right, for tomorrow night? I will, you want to? I, can like, I don't, don't want to differ. I'll have to give these out tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, I'll get you. And your job is, hey, last night, this is what you said, because I don't want to give something here and then something <laughs> different on Friday. I got I'm on the I'll, spot I'll, here now. But. I'll happily be your assistant. All right, Seattle and Houston. <sighs> give me Houston. Houston all day. It's easy. Yeah, that's that's a clean, clean sweep right there for Houston for that. Uh, New York and Dallas. The Guardians and the Renegades. Here's the thing, man. <laughs> I hate to go against my Dallas Renegades, but you don't have Landry Jones, man. I've seen this team without him. New York is so up and down. But so is Dallas without Landry Jones. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to go. And keep in mind, the Renegades couldn't even score through seven quarters at the beginning of the season. That was difficult. Give me New York. I'm going New York because Luis Perez. If he's the name, the starting quarterback, which I hope he is, I can't stand Matt McGloin. There's there's personal reasons as well for Matt McGloin as well. How, Give me Luis Perez and the New York Guardians against Dallas. How can you guys make the Roughnecks, the lifelong Roughnecks fan, be the only person to pick the Renegades? I mean, lifelong. we we just talked about the fact that the Guardians cannot win on the road, and they cannot. They've been terrible on the road, and they've been really good at home. Well, they are playing this game in Dallas. Give me the Renegades. All right, so a home game for. DC taking on the St. Louis Battlehawks. We were talking about DC being the the road team. Never mind. But the, but the Guardians are terrible on the. Road I don't as care well. if they play this game oh, on yeah. Mars. Give me the <laughs> Battlehawks. So yeah, I, same here. I'm going St. Louis because it's St. Louis, man. It's my team. It's my team right there. And then the the primetime game on Sunday night. The Vipers are traveling to the Wildcats. I don't want any part of this game. Then give me the Wildcats because the Vip DC just laid down for Tampa Bay. And I, evidently, they, they'll lay down on the road. So, this game's in L.A., correct? This is in L.A. Give me L.A. Give me the Wildcats. Kramer, you go first. I don't know. It, this one 
it's either I'm going with Cornelius and the Vipers or Johnson and the Wildcats. I, I can't Josh go Vipers, Johnson, though, man. I, Josh Johnson can he can easily throw 300 yards, and hopefully Nelson Spruce is healthy to play. That guy, that guy you talk about a guy that could be in the NFL. Yeah. Right. He's, the only reason why he's not in the NFL because of injuries. Yeah. That's, that's the main reason why. Uh, I'm going L.A. on this. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, partially to be different, partially because I said uh, on your show earlier in the the season that I'm never going to pick L.A. Lifelong Vipers fan. They're a trash organization. Uh, No. They do have sick uniforms. The Wildcats are trash. (laughs) They are. Yeah, that is. I I want one of those helmets. The mini helmets. You have any place to sell those yet? I collect those things, you know. You know, uh, all over the place. Speaking online. of like helmets, wise, I was looking through Amazon. I typed in AAF merchandise. Yeah, you can buy a full like Memphis Express, Orlando Legends uh, football helmet. For, really? Like, t- for two hundred bucks. Two hundred. Two hundred bucks. <laughs> That's actually not bad. But I don't know how the heck those people got that. I heard after the AAF went out of business, their stuff didn't drop Is in price at all. Is there any USFL stuff out there, like um, like uh, the Pittsburgh Maulers? Oh, the Maulers. Did you know Steve Young still gets paid by the USFL, I think? Or he's kind of got... Yeah, he had a 40-year deal. Yeah, it's kind of one of those deals like uh, Bonilla. Oh, yeah, those, happy yeah. Bobby Bonilla Day. It's coming up. No, but Steve Young, <laughs> I, it might be out now, but he got, he was getting paid by the USFL still, that's even gross. though the league's defunct. That's crazy. Jeez. All right, that's our XFL talk here. There is one more thing I want to bring up. Did anybody see um, the thing about how Mummy breaking his leg? Yeah, how about that toughness? Okay. okay, that was crazy. So he broke his leg halfway through the second quarter of the game on Saturday, and then they found out afterwards that it was broken. He'd stay on the sideline calling plays. How Mummy uh-huh. uh, quote tweeted this tweet saying, I'm not soft, hashtag air raid. That's how that, Mummy is like, he's he's I'm the truth. Sh- didn't Cameron Artisan Payne run him over? Yeah, he absolutely destroyed him. I was watching that game at a gas station on my phone, just sitting uh, sitting in my car because I didn't want to go home without, you know. So that's why you text me and say, hey, I'll text you after the game. That's, yeah, that's literally. Why you, yeah, I'm dude. watching on my phone. Literally- Here's the story. Flash base from this from like 2013 on CBS. Steve Young's 43-year, 40 million dollar USFL <laughs> contract. The billionaire owner of USFL's LA Express lured Young to the new league by basically offering four-year, 40 million contract that would be payable over 43 years. Unreal. That's crazy. A forty th- what? received who, four who million right up front line? in base salaries of uh, salaries of two hundred thousand two eighty three thirty and four hundred thousand over the four year um, deal, but the express would pay him the final thirty million over thirty seven <laughs> years from the time he turned twenty eight until he turns sixty five. The contract was set up as an annu- annuity. Young had funded the annuity. He would have get be getting a one million dollar check in two thousand fourteen. So. So once oh. is the final year for that? When he's sixty-eight, does oh this have God. does this have any potential? Sixty-five. In the, does this have potential in the XFL? Could, could a team do this to try to get Tebow? I don't know. I thought he took all. I, I didn't realize he was still getting paid, but um, evidently he's still um, he, he's Bobby Benilla of the football world. I mean, there's worse things to be. So that's so Trump's still paying him. Pretty much. That's what. <laughs> well, that's pretty no, much. No, LA saying. owner is. Oh, LA owner is. Yeah. The LA owner's paying him. Uh, I wonder if he has anything to do with the Wildcats because they suck. They're a terrible organization. I love their uniforms though. I really do. Their uniforms are sick. Oh, uh, I wish I wish they could play against the Battlehawks. I, I could be there for that one because I would boo, <laughs> boo you Wildcats. That's a lot of money back in the mid '80s, man. That, that, that is what forty. What you said, forty million dollars. Forty million dollar contract. Forty three years. 43. That's how they lured players to play in the USFL. Yeah, they try to like they try to trap them there. That's exactly what they tried to do because they knew that that's the thing. When that thing came around, that's when the NFL was failing 
because they had their player strike, or I believe that's what it was. And the players, all right, everything cleared up. I mean, you're telling me one of these teams. And there's won't. Some history there for you, Bink. You probably I know. knew. I knew that. <laughs> you're telling me one of these teams wouldn't be I'm like. I'm fascinated hey. by the Steve Young thing now that you guys conjured my memory of this. So, like Tyrod Taylor, here's a 15-year contract. You know, we'll pay you like you know thirty thousand dollars a year right now. But then after this, our owner will pay you you know a million dollars a year. I can see Tyrod Taylor tearing it up in the XFL. I mean, I'm just saying, if PJ Walker leaves, the the Roughnecks should have their. Uh, we should have a phone call with Tyrod's agent. So I don't know if this ran out or not, but in 2014, he still got a million dollars. That's 20 years after the, uh, well, 94 to, no, that's 30 years after. That's 30, yeah. The 1984 deal, he signed 84. Some people have all the luck. Can I just have like a, like a thousand of that, please? Can I just hold a 20 until like Friday? <laughs> that's going to do it here for this podcast. They went off the rails real quick. <laughs> for Rocco, Bink, and myself, it's been the Rookie Showcase. See you next time.